Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, hi. How do you do, fine, sir? Well, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, We are sitting in my house and... Correct. I had the windows open all weekend, so Uh it's... Summertime's here, but we're not done talking about curling. We are not. This is the start of our summer season here on the Game of Stones podcast. We got you covered all through the summer months. And we're going to start this week, start our summer season. Most of what we're going to do is going to be pretty evergreen. And this will be evergreen until about the middle of August or late August, whenever the teams start playing again. These are our end of the year power rankings where we're going to go through and do the top 10 teams, or at least our top 10 teams in the world for both the men's and the women's side. This week, we will talk about the women's teams. Next week, we will talk about the men's teams. Yeah, Sean, I think the women are a little more interesting, to be honest. Yeah, no Uh, question. Looking through the men's power rankings, pretty cut and dry. Who's at the top? And there's a pretty steep fall off once you get past number four or five in in the world there. So... I'm excited about these women's rankings. You've prepared them ahead of time. Yeah, so so what we decided to do, I've created the women's power rankings. Scott has done the men's power rankings. And uh, so he'll present his next week, and then I will criticize. But this week, I will present mine, and Scott will criticize. Yeah, I'm in the mood to critic, critique something. Yeah, so uh, it's all fair game here. So we'll start. Uh, we, we've talked all season uh, about the two best teams in the world and it going back and forth and who would ultimately step up as the the top team and who would make that i've gone back and forth myself on the show declaring who i think the best team in the world is and for the purposes of our postseason power rankings i'm going to give it to team rachel homan as the best team in the world they've been really good you're right you're right they've won numerous events I believe was it three Grand Slam events this year? Sean? Yeah, so they've won three. They won three Grand Slams this season. They they're number two on the Order of Merit, the World Curling Tour Order of Merit. But they had the most points this season at five hundred and twenty nine point seven one four points. That's a lot of points. Three Grand Slams, as you said, mm-hmm. they won the Canadian Open, the National, and the Tour Challenge this season. They also finished second at the Masters. They won the first leg of the Grand Slam, of course, over in China back in September. Runner-up at the Scotties. Third place at the Canada Cup as well. And, of course, they were the Pinty's Cup champions for the season on the Grand Slam Tour. You know, you look to it that Scotties final, we talked about it at the time. I still think that they should have won. You know, she had sure. three shots that would have won the game. That she missed all three of them, and it, it's just really hard for me to when you take in the totality of the season. It, it's easy in the moment, and, and I think we were guilty of this a little bit to maybe overreact to some of the individual games, individual events. Mm-hmm. But you look at the totality of what they did this season; they were the best team out there. Yeah, it's really hard to argue, and I think I know where you're going on on number two on the list, but to do all that they did and to have this this sort of uh, failure at the Olympics, you know, the bounce back that they had from that is really tough to do. And all credit to Team Holman. I mean, 
uh, like you say, the results sort of speak for themselves. Yeah, re- really great season for them. And, of course, on, on a personal level for all of them, some exciting news with uh, Emma Miskew. She got married oh, over, right. over yeah. Christmas. And Rachel Holman and uh, Joanne Courtney, of course, expecting their first children, respectively. So exciting mm-hmm. times on the personal side for this team. Not only having a very successful, as you said, bounce-back campaign after really the, the devastation of the Olympics last season. Yeah, they they weren't happy with how they played, and and uh, it was a bit of controversy. I know we talked a lot about that event. And I'll, I'll just say good on them for, for coming in, putting it aside, banking it, you know. And can we give them the World Cup Grand Final Championship in, a, in absentia, given that the team <laughs> who went for them Actually won. won. They won in sort of, yeah, in lieu of, maybe, yeah, maybe it's sort of a half championship thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Jennifer Jones should give him like 10,000 bucks or something <laughs> as a little thank you for letting us go. Yeah, hey, we got you there. Yeah. JJ, give us uh, some credit. It's a little something, something, yeah. So um, so that's my number one team. The number two team, of course, is going to be no surprise. That's Anna Hasselberg out of Sweden. This team, again, uh, they won the, the, the or Grand Slams early in the season, the, the Masters and the Elite Ten. But let's put an asterisk on the Elite Ten because it sucked. And just as an event, and now, <laughs> and now it's gone. So hooray for that. Um, they, of course, also won the European Curling Championships and uh, finished second at the Players' Championship and the Grand Slam circuit as well. Uh, other big wins for them this season, the Stockholm Ladies' Cup, and then, of course, second at the World Championship. This team maybe a little slower in the second half of the season. You know, they didn't qualify for the playoffs at the Canadian Open nor at the Grand Final of the World Cup. They also missed the, the playoffs there at the Omaha leg of the World Cup. So maybe after Christmas, a little slower for the squad, but certainly a great fall for them. And everything, I think, after Christmas for them and and this team really was building to the World Championships and solid performance there. Losing in, I got to say, Scott, I think we'll do an episode doing awards and stuff at some point this summer. That's my game of the year. That Mm -hmm. is the most fun I had watching a game all season to Sylvana Tiranzoni, where Alina Pats was just unconscious in that game, yeah. and and so and Anna Hasberg was great too, and you know you lose that game to finish second in the world championship, nothing to be ashamed of. So you, you just look at the totality of the season; really felt like that second half was ramping up to that, mm-hmm. and then afterwards it was sort of well, we're done now. A little bit, yeah. You're right. You're right. They they definitely played a lot, and they logged a lot of miles this year. Looking at all the flights that they had going from the the far east in china playing uh, out there going all the way to north america for a big portion of the year yep. back in europe and then back and forth and and all the, all the travel yeah through all that they played 99 games on the year according to curling zone and won 76 of them it's pretty good so if you're you're batting 760 you're a pretty insane uh insane player it's like golden state warriors type uh yeah. winning percentages you yeah know? very very impressive now they of course are first on the order of merit right now and they this season scored 486 points on the order of merit so not quite as many as rachel holman but they were able to maintain their number one spot on the order of merit so let's move on to my number three team scott i am going to go to your world champions of Sylvana Tiranzoni, skipping the team. Of course, Alina Pants, as I said, throwing last. 
They are number five on the order of merit with 475 points this season. Of course, world championships, uh, they win. They also win the Champions Cup, which, like, okay. Um, I mean, it's a win. It's a win and a Grand Slam. Uh, the least prestigious, perhaps, of the Grand Slams. <laughs> maybe. Well, the, the Grand Slams that still exist. Yeah. Uh, perhaps... Uh, finished second in the Canadian Open. Of course, I think we forget that spiel right. there in January. They had a good run there. Uh, also finished second at the Elite 10 in the first ever all-European final right. that we've ever had at a Grand Slam back in the fall. They finished, uh, lost in the semifinal at the National as well. Lost the final of the Grand fi- or the grand Final of the World Curling World Cup. That's a lot of words. And also lost to Anna Hasselberg in the European Championships. That's right. So again, we take the totality of their season. We talked about it a lot. You know, they missed the playoffs at some events that we expected them to make the playoffs at. They had some tough weeks, some tough showings overall, but they played a lot and they won a lot. And mm-hmm. they're also the world champions. So that's why I have them at number three. Uh, no argument for me, Sean. They they really, really played well when it mattered. And you did say, oh, there may be a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know which team you're going to get, if it's going to be the good Tiranzoni or the bad. There wasn't a lot of in-between. Sure. Like, the in-between team that I think of is it's probably like Laura Walker's team that shows up, makes the playoffs almost every time, but sneaks in, goes 2-2, two and two, yep. maybe 3-1, and one, and is all, always seems to be there. Well, Sylvana Tiranzoni is the opposite. She's going to go 4-0, or yeah. she's going to go 0-4, 1-3. Uh, I don't so, know why you give that spot to Laura Walker, by the way. That's my girl, Darcy. <laughs> That's what Darcy does. Well, I, I mean, I think if you look at the, the Wait, how is Darcy Sean, not number one on my list, by the yeah, way? Yeah, right? How is that possible? Oh, that's the biggest surprise <laughs> in this podcast. But no, there's, Switzerland's really good. They're going to be really good going forward. Bringing Alina Pats into this team has been very good for them overall sure. I'd say uh, the new additions to the team uh, seems to have been working yeah. and I think this is a maybe an early one of the gold medal favorites for 2022 along with Anna Hasselberg yeah you'd think so the teams that we sort of know are going to be there and like you said with Alina Pats being there it's good you saw in the final of the world championship you know Sylvana Tiranzoni got frustrated a couple of times she flashed a uh, appeal yeah. Yeah. there and you could sort of see her she was looking up at the ceiling and there was visible frustration there and that's sort of been the knock on her for a while and now you bring in Alina Pats who in that game at least just was emotionless like just mm-hmm. a total robot parked everything else that was going on and just made her shots and it was very impressive to watch so you know as this can and they're only going to get better as a team right the communication yeah. is only going to get better they're going to just grow together and and work together as a team so uh, I, again i always i feel bad for esther it seems like she she gets the front of the sweeping but she is a great sweeper too so let's not mm-hmm. discount the front end on that team either so so i have them at number three even though they're number five on the order of merit now we'll move on to my number four team this is the first time on my list here scott where my power ranking matches up with the order of merit because it is Carrie Anderson and her team, which is number four oh. on the World Curling Tour Order of Merits. This season, they scored 496 points. So just a little more than Sylvana Tiranzoni. So I have them at number fourth, again, because of how strong the start of the season was. When I'm not going to run through it all because they basically didn't lose yeah. from September 1st until November 15th or something. Hmm. I'm I'm a little bit surprised okay. by this team being so high, but I understand 
because of all the wins that they had at the beginning of the year. And even at the end of the year, they showed well. They at the Players' Championship, they won. Is yeah, they won, right? they won the Players' Championship. Uh, they won the... Uh, well, everything in the fall. Like everything the in the fall, like yeah. all, the, all those all those non-televised tour events. They won a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. They finished second at the Canada Cup, second at the National, uh, second at the Champions Cup. So, you know, the, the semifinals at the Tour Challenge, like just a lot of really good finishes right. over and over and over. I mean, the, the real black the, mark on the season, if you even want to call it that, is, of course, losing that wildcard wild card. game in the in the Scotties. Well, it, maybe not even that. I would say that as bad as that loss was, I mean, it's on national TV. The loss in the Manitoba final was actually worse. Was worse. Because yeah. they had a huge lead, and they really just let it slip away to uh, Tracy Fleury yeah. and her team. So it's probably actually the Manitoba final as opposed to the Scotties playing game. Yeah, I would agree that that Manitoba final was sort of, hey, let's see how we can regroup from this. It was our first big suffering of a setback as a team. They did not handle it well by the way they played in that first draw at the Scotties. That said, both them and Casey Scheidegger didn't play very well yeah. in that game. It was ice was weird. The ice was some runs. Was tricky and nobody seemed to be picking it up fast. So uh so yeah, a bit of a black mark, but overall they had an, an amazing first season as a team and we'll see how they can take any momentum from the end of the year playing well into the summer and and then next year and We'll see if they're the darlings of the fall again. Yeah, and another thing with this team, too, as a little bit with Sylvana Tiranzoni, but perhaps even more so, second year together, it's mm-hmm. got to be better. The communication, everyone knowing where they fit within the team. We talked a lot about four skips together, how would it go. Right. It seems like everybody fell into their positions really nicely, mm-hmm. and hopefully it can only improve. You know, you, you got senses of it at the Scotties there in that playing game where certainly Val had had real trouble with the ice and wasn't sure about what was going on in terms of the spots and and Mm -hmm. speeds and stuff. And it felt there that the communication wasn't quite where it needed to be in those difficult moments. And that's where it's going to get better, right? Anyone can, yeah, you know, it's easy to communicate when everyone's making shots. When you're winning, yeah. Right. When you're missing and you don't really have a great feel for it, that's when it has to come. So for this team, that's the part where there's room for growth and, I think based on the people who they've worked with and all the time they've put into it, I think they can get there. Yeah, and as long as they can get along, like you say, it's not easy all the time to be on a high-performing team and and weathering those losses is going to be the key. So uh, we'll see how they come out to start next season. If they do trip a bit, you know, we'll see if it affects them going forward. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is... Probably, well, it might, it might be getting close to the best team in Manitoba, Sean. Yeah. Who I know you're you're probably going to talk about later, but... Yeah. In that, fact, I want to talk about them right now, Scott. They're my number five team. Right Of on. course, Darcy Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is... Uh, Darcy Robertson switched her team. It makes me sad. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Jones, of course. Uh, they're my number five team. Number three on the order of merit. 362 points this season so a full 130 points plus fewer than carrie anderson and her team she only won once this year which is rather surprising uh in the in winning the canada cup Uh, i guess if you want to count the grand final we can count the grand final Uh, (laughs) uh, but they won that so but in terms of the sort of the season proper yeah uh, they only won the one event at the canada cup but we say all the time that that might be the hardest event in the world to win sure so uh, she went and she won that 
otherwise, you know, big events, nothing really stands out. A bunch of playoffs at Grand Slams, a couple semifinal appearances, uh, but no finals at any of the Grand Slams this year, mm-hmm. which is a little surprising for her. Uh, really just, on Jennifer Jones' standards, a disastrous week at the Scotties. Yeah. Um, you know, for anybody else, it's probably an okay week. But for Jennifer Jones, it was just an absolute uh, disaster where she misses the playoffs there. And, you know, nice recovery to come back and win that grand final. But, of course, it's not the full team. Right. Right, with uh, Shannon Burchard there and Jill Officer, who allegedly had taken a step back from the game this season. It'd be interesting. I, if someone did a study of how many games she actually played, uh, I'm guessing it was a lot for someone who... Who retired. retired. Um, But overall, I I think for them, for the standard that she has set, it was a down year. Yeah. And yeah. But again, it's the first year of a team. You're you're bringing in Jocelyn Peterman, trying to figure out that new dynamic, how Mm -hmm. it's going to work together. Curious that Jill Officer played a couple games in the Scotties where Jocelyn Peterman didn't appear to be hurt or sick or anything. Mm -hmm. So a a little strange there. uh, And just terms of trying to figure out what this team is going to be moving forward but you know for anybody else in the world with the exception of maybe rachel holman you would say this was a a good season for a canadian team Mm -hmm. but because it's jennifer jones it just feels like a down year yeah the one win is what really sticks out to me they were sneaky bad sean (laughs) (laughs) like sneaky bad throughout the year and it the point was just driven home at the scotties that Maybe she's lost a few miles off her fastball. You know, it was draw weight. She'd always had it in her back pocket mm-hmm. and then could make those big hits when she needed to. And she wasn't able to do that at the at the Scotties this year. I think her talent has been able to mask some of the, the misses, right? Yeah. As, as a good skip does, you know, they can cover up some of the mistakes of their team. Yeah. Uh, and and if, you're, if you lose it just like that little bit, then we'll see a season like like they had this year. I don't think she ever played uh, particularly well in terms of percentages. I can't think of one where she was at the top of the table. So there you go. And it, is it the end of the Jay Jones era? I wonder if it's just the year after the Olympics. Take your ga- your foot off the gas a little bit. They still played a lot. Yeah. And... You know, you say disastrous and bad, like we're using all these negative adjectives. They only missed the playoffs at two things, really, which was the Tournament of Hearts, in terms of major events, yeah. at the Tournament of Hearts and at the uh, Canadian Open. Otherwise, they were in the playoffs for everything else. Right, but we've talked about how easy it is. It's easy to make, easy the, playoffs. To make the playoffs. Yeah, well, tell Sylvana Tirantoni that. And, <laughs> you know, like... When she makes the playoffs, she's... <laughs> she's good. But, you know, it, it's, it's one of these things where she's there, she's competing, and... I think next year will be interesting to mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. how they come out and work together second year together. You know, do they practice more? Do they change up with their schedule? They also, remember, they went to China uh, to play right. in the China Open, which is something I think new for them that they'd never done before. And it was right before, uh, I believe, the Canadian Open. Well, I'm sure they got um, a lot of money to so, go. Well, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but, you know, it's just one of these things where with this team, I mean, certainly they're going to make it through or Jennifer Jones, at least, will get through to the next yeah. Olympic trials. 
and she'll play there. I think the question for Jennifer Jones is what comes after. So I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that she can ramp it up over the next two years because she's proven that she can. Yep. And so I, I'm going to go with that. Again, I, I have them fifth here. They were, they are currently third on the order of merit. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm sort of below where they would be. And I think the, the spot on the list represents my feeling that this was a down year for them. I think you're right. I think the trend that we saw this year was, you know, the step down from Rachel Homan and, and Anna Hasselberg. Yeah. She's not at that level right now. Not right now. But you know what? She's Jennifer Jones and she could do it. She could ramp up to be back there again. I remember a few years ago when we were at the Continental Cup in Vegas and some people were like, Oh, Jennifer Jones, like what's wrong with her? She's not uh she she's not uh, hitting any shots. What's going on? I said she won a gold medal, she can do whatever <laughs> she wants now. Yeah. If she wants to uh, not curl, you know what? Good honor. If yeah. she wants to spend more time with her kids, fine. She won a gold medal. She can do anything she wants. She, yeah, and, and I'm I'm informed too by what Jill Officer said to me at that uh, at that event there mm-hmm. in Vegas, where I said, "Why why do you keep playing?" Mm-hmm. Uh, this was after they'd won the gold medal and and they'd won a world championship. And she said, "We just have fun, and that's what they keep playing for. Yeah. And obviously, they have fun." As they do it, sometimes you're not quite sure, but uh, based on the reaction, but they, they have a good time and that's what they're out there for. And yeah, Jennifer Jones has nothing to prove to anybody. No, 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 no. That's for sure. So so she's a sitting at five. Yes. Who you got at six? Uh, number six, uh, this might be a, a not quite, this isn't the most I've moved off of the order of merit, but it's close. Eve Muirhead, I'm going to put at number six in her team. They are currently number nine on the order of merit. 194 points this season. Did not play very much relative to what they're used to doing because Eve was hurt early in the season with the surgery that she had. She was still recovering over there. Uh, she didn't travel much with the team as they played at other yeah. events either. So I'm going to put them at nine. I think Eve Muirhead is that good. If Eve Muirhead is healthy and able to play to the level that we expect of Eve Muirhead, they are definitely a top 10 team in the world. I don't think there's any question about that. No wins this season for them. A bunch of playoffs at the Grand Slams, including the National and the Canadian Open. They also finished uh, at the, uh, they missed the playoffs at the European Championship, missed the playoffs at the Grand Slam in Omaha as well. And of course, the biggest shock of the season, though, was Eve Muirhead losing the Scottish Championships and not mm-hmm. representing Scotland at the World Championship. Yeah, this seems to be an aspirational position on your, your power rankings, Sean. Okay. They, they're... This is what they could be. Yeah. Right? Where I think that losing uh, losing Anna Sloan this year really hurt the team more than I most people thought it would. She seemed to be kind of a glue between the, yeah. the front end and, and Eve. And now... Oh, and she's really good at curling. Oh, yeah. That too. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> Minor detail. <laughs> but she's like... Yeah, just the way that she interacts with the, the rest of the team and and keeps everything together with Eve being out having to bring in uh, other people to skip uh, having a five-person team there I don't know it it seemed a little bit uh, like the results were the were what they deserved based on how they played yeah but you're right they do have the ability to be better and 
They're actually playing in one more spiel this year, Sean. Oh, no. The, Are they going to the Arctic the Cup? The Arctic the Cup. The Arctic Cup. Oh, man. However, uh, Jennifer Dodds isn't going to play because she's going to a wedding. Okay. So they've got uh, somebody else coming in. I can't remember who. Vicky Wright, perhaps? Yeah. That's that's ex- uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's so, who it is. Yeah, so the Arctic. Congratulations for everyone going to the Arctic <laughs> Cup. Uh, so I just looked at a map. It's, yeah. It's in the top of Russia. <laughs> yeah, it's really far away. It's... <laughs> You know, you know, we we joke about you know, or we joked about the World Juniors being or the the U Championships in Siberia, uh, and the losers not getting out. You might not actually get out of this place where, where the Arctic Cup is held. Yeah, it's on a waterway that connects to the Arctic Ocean. Yeah, it's in the it's, Arctic. Yeah, it's really yeah, it's really far up there. Um, but yeah, so that's cool that they're gonna go there and and play. But yeah, this one, as you say, it is a little aspirational for me. But I think for Eve Muirhead getting another summer to just maybe not relax. I'm sure she'll play a bunch of golf, but get healthy and be prepared for next season. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked a lot, of course, that this is a down season for teams. It's so you figure out who's going to play with who, who's mm-hmm. going to be with who, who's going to sort of stay together, who's going to break up, what new combinations are going to work. And for Eve Muirhead, it really seemed like she used this as a get healthy season. Yeah. Right? I interviewed her after the. A Continental Cup uh, on the ice after she made the shot to win, which yeah. was a great moment because nobody actually realized that they had won. Uh, and the great photo of her with her palms in the air, wondering what happened. What happened? Um, but I asked her. I said, "How are you feeling? Are you healthy?" And she said, "Not yet. Right? right. She's still getting back in it." So I, I think having some more time now, just off the ice, and of course, you know, when you're throwing, a lot of pressure on your hip. Mm-hmm. So just get away from it for a little bit, heal up. And this is a team that I, I, you're right, aspirational for sure. And I like that they're being pushed in Scotland a little bit. Yeah. And, and overall, I just, I, I think this is a, I, I it's the four teams I have below them, I don't think are better. Okay. So that's why I have them at six. Right on. And we'll see how next year shakes out if, if they decide to switch up the positions a bit. Jennifer Dodds was a little bit shaky at third. Yeah. Uh, and they had Vicky calling the game as the vice, throwing second rocks. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how everything shakes out at the start of next season. But, uh, yeah, I think they're I think they're pretty good team, Sean. Yeah, I agree. So my next team, this is another one where I'm matching up the order of merit with the power rankings. And that is going to be Chelsea Carey. She finished seventh in the mm-hmm. order of merit. 323 points on the season. I have her seventh, of course, the reigning national women's champion of curling they also won the canadins women's classic which actually got more points on the order of merit than Than the the scotties by uh just under half a point wow uh more for the canadins uh overall if you're looking at the grand slams semifinal at the masters playoffs at the canadian open of course won the alberta scotties but missed the playoffs at the Canada Cup, missed the playoffs at the Champions Cup, at the National, at the Tour Challenge, at the Elite Ten, um, uh, playoffs at the Players' Championship. So really a mixed bag of results for this team, which went into the season, of course, as our official team, the, the Game of Stones team mm-hmm. for the season. And I think, f- at least this season, it was very much like Sylvana Tiranzoni where some really good results and some really bad results, but I feel as though the Tiranzoni highs were higher than Chelsea Carey. Yeah, Sean. I, 
I agree with you. They're, they, of course, had a tale of two seasons, right? So they're a new team coming together, uh, which is difficult in and of itself. For sure. And then Rochelle Brown she was is off. on, on yeah. maternity leave there for the first four months. Basically, mm-hmm. I, I believe she played with them at the Canada Cup, was her first yeah, event back with right. the team. And that took them then a couple of months to gel. And Chelsea Carey playing at Canadian Championships, she just curls lights out yeah. i don't know i don't know if it's something about the ice the atmosphere uh the pride of putting the the crest on your back yep. who knows but she rises to the occasion no question and uh, she's the reason that they won the national championship if you want to say the reason isn't that rachel holman missed two shots right uh chelsea carey put the rocks in the position to force her to throw those so uh, really a tale of two seasons and they were pretty bad in the fall to the point where i was sort of I was regretting that they were our team, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. But to come through and and heroics at the Canadian Championships and I don't know who's below these people on your list this team, but I could see a case for putting her ahead of Eve Muirhead based on how the season went. But you know, uh it's my you list. You didn't. You didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's my list. Yeah. <laughs> so from there from Chelsea Carey, we'll move on to my number 8 team coming out of Japan, and I'm putting Setsuki Fujisawa in the 8th slot as they are 8th in the order of merit as well. 273 points on the season. They, of course, won the World Cup leg in Omaha. Um, Overall, nothing really that impressive. Otherwise, some playoff appearances at a couple of the Grand Slams, both the National and the Players. They won the... Uh, excuse me, sorry, sorry the, the Curling World Cup was their only win, uh, but they also appeared at the grand final of the World Cup and then the other, the first one in China, runner-up at the Pacific Asia Curling Championships there, but they also lost the Japan Championships, as, as we remember. So second place finish there. But, you know, if you're looking at who is the best Japanese women's team. I think it's Suzuki Fujisawa. I, I don't think there's much debate around that, or at least the team that's done the most overall. I yeah. think, and uh, th- it's just they're good. They're fun to watch. I like watching them, and I have them at number eight. Sean, I'm surprised here. This okay. is my first really surprise because there's a team that I think I would I would put at this spot. Okay, if not a spot earlier. Wow, and that has not come up yet. It has not come up yet on your list, Sean. Like you said, they finished second in the Pacific Asia yeah. Championships. So it's true. Uh, you got you got to you got to fill me in. What's next on your list, bud? Well, I got two slots left, and I gotta say, let's so let's talk about this because neither of them are from the Pacific Asia region. Oh my god! So let's talk about. I'm assuming you're you're upset that it's not Minji Kim. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so yeah, so I don't have Minji Kim in my top ten. That is that is factual. That's insane. That's insane to me. They they won a leg of the World Cup mm-hmm. in Sweden against Anna Hasselberg. Yep. They made the f- World Final. Sure. Right. Yeah. Second place at the Worlds or third at the World Championships. Yeah, at the World Curling? Championships, bronze no. medal. Yeah. Yeah, bronze medal. Yeah. So I I mean for a team that's so young and has those high profile wins. I, I'm shocked that they're not on your list. So here was my determining factor with Minji Kim. Obviously, great team, great season, no question. Number 25 on the order of merit, 
okay. as a young team, so they haven't built up that resume yet. Also, the thing that is curious moving forward for Minji Kim is the, the news out of South Korea that uh, Unjung Kim and her team, is they're going to play next year. Yeah. So that might stop the momentum of this team a little bit by not having as many opportunities. They might not play in the Pacific Asia Championships next year because they might not be able to represent South Korea because this other team could beat them in a potential playdown. They might not get a chance to go back to the World Championship. So the reason they're not in my top 10 is because I have so much respect for the other team, Kim. Oh, man. That they might dampen or slow down the team's momentum a little bit yeah but they're coming off a year on the shelf right yeah what, are they are they the equivalent of Kawhi leonard who can yeah, sit they, out a whole season and come back and be superman i mean they might be they're gonna have to practice load management sean <laughs> load management <laughs> load management is key you're right but no I, I just think that for as great as they've been these other teams have been the, the other two that i'm gonna say Maybe they've been around longer. I think their success is more obviously sustainable than Minji Kim right now. Okay, wow. Uh, uh, Yeah. If we had 11 spots, Minji Kim would be 11, no question. Point heard, point heard. You're not going to put the the other Korean team. You're not going to put Yunjin Kim, right? No, they're not on my my list either. Okay, well, I guess I, I understand your reasoning. I would have done it differently. Okay, very fair. Um, but I'm going to stick with Suzuki Fujisawa at number eight. Okay. And then I'm going to jump to Casey Scheidegger at number nine out of Alberta, represented the wild card province at the Scotties. Of course, beating uh, aforementioned Kerry Anderson in the play-in game there. Overall for them, I think a mixed bag of a season. They didn't win any major events, playoff appearances at the Masters, the Players' Championship, the Canadian Open, and the Elite Ten, so pretty good there. Missed the playoffs at the Champions Cup and the Tour Challenge, though. Also um, missed the playoffs at the Scotties, which was very disappointing for them after the good run last season. Only win was at the HDF Insurance Shootout for them, so you know not really much in the winning, but they don't play that much. You're right. They don't play that much. And I guess what you're saying is that they have a chance to to do better going forward, because because I would have put the Minji Kim ahead of this team. Okay, I mean I I think that's fair. I just see a clearer path for this team right now. Okay, uh, you know Chelsea carries out, the, and there's so many events in Alberta, right? You, yeah. You know, it, this isn't Brad Gushu having to travel all over the place to play. They can play locally and get really top-level games. So even if they don't want to invest the time to go out and play yeah. a lot, they can get top-level games. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Okay. And then, all right. So uh, then my number 10 team for this, my power rankings... The team that, similar to Minji Kim, sort of a breakthrough major campaign. I'm going Robin Silvernagel here in this slot. Just a fantastic second half of the season with the remarkable run at the Scotties, losing in the semifinal game there. Also a semifinal appearance at the Players' Championship. They won the Red Deer Curling Classic. They won the Saskatchewan Scotties, obviously. Mm -hmm. The Cash Spiel in Humboldt, Saskatchewan 2. 
So just overall, a, a really good breakthrough campaign for them. And if you're looking at momentum from the second half of the year, I'm going to give it to them, even though on the list, the overall order of merit list, not that strong relative to some of these other teams. No, that's right. And part of it is because they weren't being invited to those events right. where you can earn points. And I'll point out, though, eight spots ahead of Minji Kim. <laughs> Yeah, okay. On the order of merit. Well, you know, she, she was playing junior spiels and stuff. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I can see this team being in a similar position to the Casey Scheidegger team uh, a year ago, right? Who sure. sort of broke out at the, the Roar of the Rings and as such seemed to be invited to a lot more of the Grand Slam spiels this season. Yep. Uh, sort of making the name for themselves. And that's what Robin Silvernagel did at the Scotties this year, getting there for the first time after having lost a few finals. And so finally breaking through, getting to be invited next year, likely to more and more events. For sure. And we'll have the ability to get more and more points. Yeah, no question. So, yeah, okay, I can I can see that. Yeah, that and one. of course, as we talked about at the time too, Stephanie Lawton, a really solid uh, yeah. component here. A playoff skip at Scotty's and now stepping into that third role beautifully for Stephanie Lawton. So I, I really do like this team moving forward. So they're the two teams that are not in my top 10 that are in the top 10 of the order of merit are Chel or excuse me, Tracy Fleury and Laura Walker. And I fully stand by those two things. Um, Laura Walker, of course, changing her team yeah, and Tracy right. Fleury being somewhat underwhelming whenever we see them in big events. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair to say, and uh, the people that you've brought into the top 10, I, I can see your reasoning. I still disagree that uh, the Korean team should right. be on That's here. fair. That's fair. So I'll just run down my list one more time from 10 to 1. Uh, number 10, Robin Silvernagel. Number 9, Casey Scheidegger. 8, Satsuki Fujisawa. 7, Chelsea Carey. 6, Eve Muirhead. Number 5, Jennifer Jones. 4, Carrie Anderson. Number 3, Sylvana Tiranzoni. Number 2, Anna Hasselberg. And my best team in the world right now team rachel holman so that's my list you have one major objection i have one major objection and based on the back end of your list you seeing a path going forward and the potential there we'll have to see how team rachel holman handles uh you know coming back from leave sure. and all that stuff so yeah and we'll see it see when they start to play yeah yeah right yeah. it does joe and courtney and Rachel Holman, do they take some time off at the start of next season? I, I would I would assume they would. I mean, you don't have a real big event until the Canada Cup, so no. And with the the rejigging of the Grand Slam season, too, they, they've mm -hmm. pushed back the first one and not as many of those. So maybe some more flexibility with them. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Yeah. So there's my list, and there you have it. So there you can certainly it. let us know where I went wrong. You can tell me where I went right, too. But it's more fun when you tell me where I went wrong. So let me know where I went wrong, how you would change it up uh, on our women's power rankings heading into the 2019-2020 curling season. Wow. Or at least coming out of the 2018-2019 curling season. Things could change mm -hmm. over the course of the summer. So there you have it. We'll be back next week to talk about the men. Scott, let's bring on the men. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, the, uh, so we'll be back next Wednesday with that. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Hopefully it's on Google Podcasts. I keep trying to f play around with Google, and it never really works. But 
keep checking. Hopefully it turns up sooner or later there. If you would like, you can email us with your thoughts, gameofstonespodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us Twitter and Instagram at gameofstonespod. You can find Scott at ScottLikesTV. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. We'll be back with you next Wednesday. Have a great week, everybody. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.